Hello and welcome into episode 32 of the Stomp the Bus Show. I'm your host, Mark Harris, and I've got some good news for everyone. In case you haven't heard, ASU's in the tournament. We made it, Colton. Yes, we, we did, Mark. We said we said on our last show um, it was going to take two wins in the Pac-12 tournament. Lo and behold, that's what it took. It also <laughs> took some, some good luck around the country with some other tournaments and things like that, too. Um, but that 75% chance uh, was enough. Right. And uh, Reddit was a little more skeptical. They seemed to think that uh, ASU had to win the tournament, which was never going to be the case. They yep. have done enough to win. And it was enough. And now we get the Desmond Cambridge, Warren Washington revenge game in the first four, which is compelling stuff. Yeah. So, ASU Nevada, super, super compelling matchup. For uh, us. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it's nobody else. <laughs> Actually, I mean, there will be a lot of people watching that and betting on it, but uh, Prime time, man. no, it's great. It's like, look, like we've said, anytime ASU can just get into the tournament, like it's a good season, you know? And so they, those two Pac-12 tournament games that they won, um, they weren't aesthetically pleasing the whole time, <laughs> uh, especially not the Oregon State game and the end of the USC game, yeah. but they, they got the job done. Um, the or Oregon State game was honestly just gross. So it was just a, just a gross college basketball game. Uh, and then USC, I mean, Desmond Cambridge came to play in that game. And that really, that was the difference. I mean, 27 points, basically 50% shooting. I think he went like, uh, he shot well from three, two. I'm opening up the box score right now. Um, yeah, he was on fire. Bill Walton was like, swooning over Desmond Cambridge in that game. Six of 12 from three, 27 points. I mean, that that's what lifted – that. that's the that's why ASU was in the tournament, beating USC uh, last week in the Pac-12 tournament. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a totally complete performance despite how the first half started, but it was enough to win. Um, you know, we don't have to talk about what happened the next night against U of A, but in fairness, I think ASU was pretty just – uh, exhausted, especially in that second half. But, um, you know, it's it's kind of disappointing that we have to go to Dayton again, honestly. But I guess we kind of knew this is what – this is where it was trending, right? We knew that, like, we weren't just going to get in and be, like, a 10 seed or something. We knew that it was going to be going to Dayton again, which sucks. But, it, you know, ASU's familiar with it, or at least Bobby Hurley is. Um and you play a team in Nevada that a lot of people didn't even think should have gotten into the tournament. Right. They lost their last three games against uh, some pretty mediocre teams, too. San Jose State lost 81-77 um, just a couple days after they beat them, 66-51, to too. Lost to Wyoming, lost to UNLV. Um, they're kind of reeling a little bit. So Yeah, if you're gonna that's a bad – that's a yeah. bad stretch to end the season. Like, and still getting into the tournament is is I know. pretty wild. Um, ASU's favorite in this game. I think it's at two and a half points. Um, plays yeah. pretty well as a favorite, too. Uh, and it, it just seems – I mean, ASU put together – if we're throwing the U of A game out, because, like, I mean – They were exhausted. Really in that funny. game to get in, they're exhausted. It's three games in a row, all of that. Um ASU put together their best stretch of basketball, like, 
coming into the tournament, right? Those two games, even though it's two games, right? The, they needed those two games so desperately. Oh, and yeah. They played as well as they could have. There were some stretches where it was looking like a classic ASU meltdown in the tournament, um, especially against USC. There was some there was some tense moments in that game, but they got it done. Um, and I think you're looking at two teams who are moving in opposite directions. ASU is kind of ascending a little bit right now, um, whereas Nevada is falling off a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, but that's like face value stuff. You look at it and you're like, oh, ASU should win this game. The tournament's weird. Weird stuff is going to happen. Um, I mean, the first thing I always look at when I'm looking at a matchup for ASU basketball is how well does the other team rebound? Because that's ASU's Achilles heel is if right. they're playing a team that just destroys them on the glass or, or plays really well rebounding, they're going to have issues. Nevada... 33.2 rebounds per game this season and that's 247th in in the country uh so not a great rebounding team which again that's kind good of plays, yeah plays into asu's hand a little bit um i can pull up some more numbers here but just at face value it, it looks like a good matchup for asu um and i i think i'm leaning towards them possibly winning this game no, I definitely think that ASU should be favored to win this game. Um, well, and, I mean, they are favored, but, like, Sundable fans should expect ASU to win this game. Let me put it that way. Like, yeah. he uh, – or not he, but we're just a better team. And, I mean, like we said, how, how Nevada's been playing at the end of the year, losing to Wyoming, UNLV, and San Jose State on the way in. Like, that's a terrible – like – Wyoming just banked – I mean, you know, hey, it, however it is that you get into the tournament, you get in. But they basically, like, this is off the strength of their, like, early season start and their numbers. I don't think they uh, – they beat some good teams in the Mountain West, so – They did they beat SDSU. Uh, um, yeah. They had that win. They lost by nine to Kansas State. They beat Tulane. Boise uh, State, they beat. Yeah, obviously beat GCU. That's a tournament team. Uh, they beat Boise New Mexico State. twice. Solid team. But like yeah, but Utah this team State, wow, they beat Utah State eighty-five to seventy. That's a big win. Um, this. This was. Oh, okay. But this was a while ago. Yeah. Yeah, but still, I mean, you you said it though. They're kind of coasting off of the strength of some stuff that they did. Uh, beginning to middle of the season, right? And now they're they're I mean two and four in their final six games, which is not great. Obviously, um, they're also four and six as an underdog this season, which that's the spot they're going to be in against ASU. Yeah. Um, so don't play well in that spot. That's not something that they really thrive in against teams that they aren't favored to beat. Okay. Um, I mean four and six isn't terrible uh but it's not something where you're gonna be like oh this team loves being an underdog where asu is 14 and 6 um and win by an average margin of five points when they're favored so i mean it, it things are trending in the direction of of asu in this one definitely yeah well and nevada has about they have three guys really that like uh, kind of drive their offense. Jared Lucas, who some Pac-12 fans will remember, he was on Oregon State recently. Uh, he was a part of their Elite Eight team. He leads them with uh, 
17.3 points per game. Um, not a really efficient scorer, though. Uh, Keenan Blackshear is a guard, 14 points. And then Will Baker, their center, um, 13 and a half. But other than that, like, there's not there's not a whole bunch of other guys that really scare you. Uh, another thing with why, like, you've, we mentioned this with uh, Nevada and how they kind of coasted into the tournament. Maybe coasted isn't the right word, but kind of back, backslid into the tournament. Um, obviously, the... They're, the uh, the urgency with them clearly hasn't been there recently, um, right? Because of how I mean, just based on who they lost to. Whereas ASU, like ASU, has been in urgent mode for like almost a month now. You know, I mean, yeah. I, 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 after they lost that game to Colorado at home uh, in February, I mean. They had they pretty much had to like they, they were in urgent mode since then, you know, because they, they had to beat Utah, win on the road at U of A. And then um, I mean, I'm sure the goal going into the the road L.A. school series was to get a split. They didn't do that. But and then in the tournament, obviously, super urgent mode. And I mean, you saw that against USC specifically. Yeah. Uh, yeah, ASU that USC, was, that the USC game was like it had Desmond Cambridge you know, ascending to some sort of like having the potential to ascend to being like a March darling a little bit. Oh yeah. Like oh yeah. Desmond yeah. Yeah. One of those guys who shows up in the tournament and just lights it up. Not like an elite eight final four run type of thing, but maybe a couple of games where it's like they're in the games and they're it's, it's close. Yep. And, and I don't know, I'm not projecting any sort of deep run it just seems like Desmond Cambridge's trajectory right now is is one that might lead to some some very interesting games in a possible interesting run. <laughs> I don't know how to say that without No, I get I get your point. Yeah, 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 but that that's how it feels. And you know, I'm looking at these numbers right now too for as far as Nevada and, and foul trouble and things like that. Nevada is 259th in the country in personal fouls. They allow or they foul 18 times per game. Um, so it's it's again going to come down to ASU hitting free throws, which uh, they haven't been great at. Right? No. It seems like everybody who gets to the line, if Frankie Collins in particular, anytime Frankie Collins gets to the line, I have no faith that he's just hoping to get one. <laughs> yeah, and I have no faith that he's even going to get one. Like. Right. So I'm not I'm hoping that this doesn't come down to like clutch free throws because I have I have no faith that they're going to be able to get that done. Um, I mean, anytime Desmond Cambridge is on the line, though, like there's some guys where it's like, OK, it's good that DJ he, Horn. Yeah, DJ Horn. Those are um, those are the two guys I want on the line the most. If Right. But when Warren Washington gets fouled, it's like, OK, like we're, yeah. we're going to maybe pick up a point on this possession if we're lucky. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you're going to have opportunities at the line. Nevada fouls a ton. Um, it's just going to be a matter of capitalizing on those and uh, rebounding. Like, that's the story in every game that we're going to look at, regardless of if this is the last one or however many more after this. Every game that we're going to look at is going to be like, can is, does this team rebound well? Does this team foul a lot? That sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, that's that's – what I'm looking at here is kind of the story in this one. Yeah. 
trying to look up TCU real quick, see where they're at. Well, TCU, I don't know. I mean, their numbers are going to be way better than ours. Uh, they're just they're just a really good team. I mean, they finished the season ranked in the top 25. Uh, yeah. They did. They are going to be without their starting center, though. Um, their starting center, center Eddie Lampkin, uh, entering the transfer portal very recently. So he's not going to be on the team um, if if ASU plays them in the the first round on Friday in Denver. So that's you know. I mean, TCU is still going to be a good team with or with, you know, without him. But you need all the help you can get if you're ASU in that matchup. So, yeah, uh, we'll see if ASU can even get that far. That would be great. You said, but, that's, you said that's their starting center, TCU starting center? Well, their former starting – yeah, their yeah. former one. I mean, even even then, they're not a great rebounding team. Um, so that'll be interesting. That's actually a pretty big loss if – their, their starting center is not playing. They're 112th in the country in rebounding. Or wait, no, I'm still on personal foul. Sorry. Disregard everything that I said. Uh, <laughs> but still, that is going to be uh, that's going to be a pretty big storyline if ASU can advance. We cannot look ahead, especially with this team. Um, yeah. But naturally, you know, a little bit, you start to look at, like, is that something they could possibly do against TCU? Who knows? We'll have to see how they play against Nevada, obviously. Um, but I, I do think that, especially with, like, the identity of this team, right, I think they're they're scrappy and they're, they're – they have, like, this chip on their shoulder all the way from Bobby Hurley down, right? Mm-hmm. Every time you watch Bobby Hurley during a game, he's just, like – berating the refs and and screaming it's like that attitude trickles down to the players i feel like you know yeah and they're totally. they're a really really scrappy team and they're they're gonna battle regardless yep. of, of how ugly it might look at times um you know that they're gonna battle and i think you take that mentality and you apply it to desmond cambridge and warren washington playing their former team i know that that's kind of like you know, a cheesy thing to look at sometimes. But I, I think in this game, that's actually going to play a factor. Yeah, to- oh, like, of course. Of course yeah, I think will. this this team, the, against this team, it's going to add some extra motivation for those guys. And if Desmond Cambridge is is playing the way that he did against USC, well, which he's going to be motivated to do so, like, I don't see any scenario where Nevada wins this game. Oh, totally, totally. So. um, Yeah, like – you were talking about how this team always like stays in stays in the game like there have been a lot of games this year some of them asu ended up losing close but where it felt like oh man we're gonna get blown out you know but they kept you know staying in it and some of that's just yeah yeah well yeah yeah the one we won but even like the oregon game where we lost that that game had a chance to get bigger uh deficit or at usc um, where we lost right. that one. Um, I mean, but, that, that USC game, to that point, though, real quick, your your point about, like, just clawing back into games, that USC game looked over. Like, I couldn't believe the way that they clawed back into that game. And, I yeah. mean, it was going to take another desperation heave just to send it to overtime. I guess, I think they got a better look. But either way, um, the way that they battled back in that game, it's a this is a very resilient team. And mm-hmm. it seems like in March – the bounces will go the way of those teams more more often than not, right? The teams that aren't yeah. defeated and 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 they're they're kind of battle tested a little bit and they're definitely they're, they're upset. I feel like 
you know, like everything yeah. about this team just indicates that they feel disrespected. They're, they're, they're kind of pissed off a little bit with how everything has gone. And that seems to be manifesting here at the end of the end of the season, which is the best time for that to start uh, rising to the top. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, they're going to be a tough team to face, you know, Tommy Lloyd after ASU lost to U of A on in the Pac-12 tournament. He was like, I know if I'm playing them in the NCAA tournament, I'm not going to get a good night of sleep beforehand or something along those lines where it's like ACU's yeah. like their their athleticism, their defense, like that just will stress coaches out. And I'm sure, you know, that's what Steve Alford's doing dealing with right now with Nevada. Um, and that's that's kind of as an ASU fan, that's like, okay, like if if we are gonna win a few games in this tournament, like that's gonna be why, you know. Yeah. It's going to be forcing turnovers and hitting a few, you know, timely threes and um, just finding a way to win. And I mean, look, ASU has 22 wins. You know, it's not it. We, you know, we were a few bad losses away from probably getting in this tournament really easily, you know, like so which is annoying, but it is what it is. So. You know, this team, they've look, we were critical of not really the team, but kind of Hurley last week, because look at last this time, you know, Tuesday of last week, we didn't have any idea of what was going to happen, you know? Uh, So it was going to take more. Like we were at a point where they had to do something that a lot of people didn't think they were going to do. Yep. Which was beat USC in the second round. They ended up doing it. And here we are. One thing I will say, I like that you brought up turnovers. Um, because they are going to have to force those turnovers and capitalize on those those fast break points and, and those runouts and everything like that. Nevada, for all of their faults, they do not turn the ball over. They are 21st in the country um, in, in turnover rate. They only turn, turn the ball over 10 times a game, which is pretty low, um, relatively speaking, to the rest of the country. I mean, that's still 10. Who knows? But I don't think ASU is going to like feast stealing the ball nevada is is just pretty smart with it the only thing that kind of caveat i would have to that is i i'd imagine not no but imagine that asu's defense is probably more is more athletic than most of the mountain west defenses that they've played save for maybe san diego state yeah um and so that'll that'll change things in that equation when it comes to turnovers um tomorrow on wednesday but yeah, they're not like a bad like look, Nevada's not a bad team, you know. So Yeah. This I is, just found one yeah. other thing. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, um, yeah, no, go ahead. I not really. Dude, Nevada, if ASU can stay out of foul trouble, and there's this is gonna be such an interesting wrinkle to this game. Because not only do you have the 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 foul calls and all of those things, right? But you have Bobby Hurley's reaction to those calls. And he is almost never reserved when a foul is called against his team. So to start, you're going to need to look at, like, I'm sure officials are having meetings about Bobby Hurley right now, right? Like, how are we going to, like, when do you tee him up? When do you do this? That sort of thing. So watching his ability to rein it in and not give up some cheap technical in a crucial moment or something like that is going to be so important. But also the fact that Nevada this season 
picked up 23.7% of their points from free throws. That's seventh in the country. And 28.4% in their last three games have they've picked up from free throws. So this team is predicated, their offense is predicated on getting to the line. Right. And if ASU can keep them off of the free throw line, a huge if, right? But keep them off of the free throw line, it might be tough for them to score because you know they're going to be driving and, and trying to get those calls, right? So if ASU can be a little more disciplined from a foul perspective and, and not give up as many fouls as they, they tend to do, and if Bobby Hurley can do his absolute best, I don't know if he's wired this way. I don't know if it's even possible. He didn't do it in the this, tournament. There were no, no, no texts in the tournament. That's good, but there was some moments where it was like, how has oh, this yeah. ref not how is this ref not teed him up yet so that's what i'm saying is like we don't know what this officiating crew is going to this is the first time in the tournament that he's going to be he's going to have this crew right it's a completely different dynamic right so what are they gonna what are they gonna let him get away with what are they gonna call and understanding that like a cheap tech in a game that is projected to be a two and a half point game could be the difference like you really cannot put a team that has picked up 28% of their points from the free throw line in their last three games. You can't give them cheap opportunities at points because that plays into their hand. That's exactly what they want. Um, so that's that's another layer to this game where I'm like, you, you just can't give up those cheap points. If there's a foul called, move on. I, I, I mean, obviously it's frustrating, especially if you disagree, but like he, he just can't get teed up in this game. Right. That's all I'm right. saying. Yeah, true. Um, well, I want to talk a little bit more about Bobby. Um, well, first of all, did you see the video of him jumping in the pool when they announced? Yeah, he does that. that like, every, he's done that every time they get in. And it's like one of these days, I hope he can jump in the pool for a, a, a round of 64 matchup and not a first four matchup. Well, then there would be less anticipation of them getting in. That's the thing. The reason why yeah. there's so much excitement is because you don't you don't know. You know? So. Yeah. Do they find out like? While they're sitting there watching, yeah, no, they find out on the selection show like everyone else. Wow, that's crazy. I know. I yeah. was wondering if like the SIDs found out before or something. No, no. And, like let them know. Um, that's crazy. Well, and it's you know if you were watching the selection show on Sunday, um, obviously the Pitt Mississippi State matchup gets announced first, and so you're, as an ASU fan, you're like, oh no. But then it's like, yeah, they. I mean, there's still one more of the double elevens to go, and then we get called. Right. Uh, like Rutgers, not oh, so yeah. lucky, but yeah, but like Penn State was already announced. NC State was already announced. Like yeah. while I was watching it, I, I was kind of looking at the teams that like skipped the first four. And I'm like, OK, these were all teams that ASU was like fighting on the bubble. You right. Know? So it was you said it, it was like UNC, Rutgers. Um, there was a couple others that like the first four out. That could have easily been flipped, but. Either way, they got in, um, which was which was great. But that's cool that they find out like on the show. They have to like, so all of well, it's cool and it's not cool, I guess. Well, um, yeah, if you don't, you don't see your name pop up, and you have all these people at your house, and it's like, okay, go like what do we do now? (laughs) I guess I'm not jumping the pool. Um, well, yeah, I mean, but Bobby, I mean, now this gives him his third tournament appearance with ASU. And I'm not going to say it would have, like, basically his fourth tournament appearance with ASU because 
uh, in 2020, they were going to make it mm -hmm. or they probably would have made it. Um, that's and now that's uh, four 21 seasons. So half of his half of his time at ASU has been 20 games or more uh, winning. So, again, that's good for ASU. Yeah. And, you know, I don't he doesn't have a uh, contract extension. I think he's still he's just one year uh, one year left on his deal. So one year being next year, right? This one coming up. Yeah. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see how this gets handled. I mean, I think they should just resign him. Like, mm -hmm. like we said, like we said when we've criticized Bobby, because there are legitimate criticisms, but it, it, it's 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 going to be difficult to find someone who is meaningfully better. You know. Yeah, and my and my so, thing too is like, sorry, go ahead. I didn't oh yeah, it's not it won't it's not impossible to find someone meaningfully better, but like with Bobby, you know what you're gonna get, uh, and it's you're gonna make the tournament. Uh, you know, a good chunk of the time, and sometimes you won't make the tournament, but like you, you will be for the most part like playing competitive basketball. You know, right? And I think this season, once we like step back and look at it as like where where they ended up, right? Which is a first four berth, making the the field of sixty eight. That's mm -hmm. an accomplishment, right? That's that's incredible. Um, and looking back at, at the coaching job that he did this season with this group, like he completely rebuilt this roster through the transfer yeah. portal, right? Like went out, got the Cambridge brothers, Warren Washington, Frankie Collins. Like you go down the list. Four, uh, four new starters, Warren. four or five new starters. Yeah. I, I'm like, who, who on this roster was even on the team last year? It was, so it was Horn, Gaffney, okay. Jemai Neal, and then uh, Luther Muhammad. And I think that's it. I might be for well, and then the guys who were really on the bench, but yeah, still, but that's a roster that I mean, sixty percent of your, if not more, if maybe seventy percent of your roster is is transfer guys that you had to bring in, get to know, figure out what yeah. they do well, build a team, do all of that stuff, and then you you get this team to the tournament, a team that had to like learn together on the fly. I mean, you see teams like UCLA who do what they do. And it's like, yeah, those guys have been together for four years. Like, well, they and they, with, uh, and look, you know? with all the transfers, they got off to a hot start too. And that, mm -hmm. again, beating VCU, a tournament team, beating Creighton, a tournament team. Even um, Michigan. Michigan. Beating Michigan, who of course was were, the, one, but... the one team out of the four teams in that tournament who doesn't make the NCAA tournament, which is just yeah. hilarious. It's, it's but, but at the time, that was a big win. and they Well, and beating them by a lot too. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, just not really, really only having one horrible loss in that whole stretch too. So it was a good start. Um, they did clearly, they did literally just enough in Pac-12 play to get yeah. in, which is the ASU, you know, that's on brand. So it is what it is, but. Um, and they weathered the storm too. Like Exactly. Yeah, that is true. Look at that stretch we talked about in the last, the last episode that uh, Colorado, Utah, like I, I can't, Oregon. Maybe it was in that. So it was the first two LA games, and mm -hmm. then the the road sweep at Washington schools, and then right, you go one on against Oregon and Oregon State. So a, a losing five out of six in that stretch. Right, but then they turned around, and it was like at that point, it was like okay, NIT bound, whatever. There's no shot, and he he brought this team back, and and they weathered the storm, and now it's like they have this deeper sense of like we're never out of this, right? Right, and I think right. that's important. That's extremely important, and I think that starts with the coach 
And what he did this season was, I'm very impressed by it. Um, but I, I don't know if like that says much, <laughs> but I, I think what he did this year might've been his best coaching job, all things considered. So yeah, you could argue that for sure. If you're getting, if you're getting a guy who just came off of, if it wasn't his best season, it was like top two, <laughs> right? You know, right. one of his best seasons as your coach, uh, depending on what happens in the tournament. I see in my mind, even if they lose the first four, it's like, they still got there and that's, a yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. So I would extend him. I think you're, you're right. Like you have to know that there is a better alternative out there and how many of those better alternatives is ASU really like in the mix right. on anyway. Right. Right. So. Well, and no um, one said you have to give him like a 10 year extension or something. You could give him like no. a three year extension. Um, and yeah, that like would be enough year to four years. Right. Yeah, three to the end of the last one, and yeah, that I'd I'd be perfectly fine with that. He, yeah, he can be infuriating at times, but he also has proven that he can get the job done and and be find success as the coach at ASU, which I think is extremely important. So, yep. Well, and like we've said uh, in previous shows, he also cares about ASU. Like you can tell that he is like, like. He is like one of us in the sense that like he is like he really wants it. He wants like he likes ASU. He likes, um, you know, the program and like the and he's doing it again. Like I, I've repeated this, but like the arena is garbage. It's a yeah. old school arena. And that like that can't be helpful when you're recruiting guys. It just can't be. No, um, it feels like you're walking into the 90s every time you go to a game. Feels like you're walking into the 70s. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be real. I, I went. I went a little conservative on my my time analogy. I think the 70s is probably more accurate. And like, look, it's great to have cheap seats and Desert Financial, but I mean, it's it. There's just it doesn't. It's not close to most college Dude, basketball. The stuff, the stuff that they have in those like glass cabinets probably haven't you know how they have like when you're walking around like the concourse they have yeah. like display cabinets probably have not been open since like 1975 I, a lot of it yeah totally yeah so, it's crazy but like that's that's part of when you're judging hurley that's part of the calculus you know you can't just you can't just simply like even look at wins or i i mean there's just a lot of i don't want to say obstacles at asu but like Hidden challenges, I'd say, where like if he were at like a, you know, there's rumors of him going back to like an East Coast school. It's like maybe they, maybe if you're at a school where like basketball is the number one thing, it's an easier job, you know. But mm -hmm. on the flip side, maybe that job is more difficult because there's more more pressure. So, um, I you know I I just and I think it feels like ASU fans are like rooting for Bobby too, like to keep doing well enough to for him to be the coach, you know. Yeah. No, he's he's a he's a fun guy to watch because he cares so much for better or worse yeah. sometimes. Like And the player you can tell the players really like him too. Like Yeah, yeah. Even though he it, screams at them on the court, it, it's clearly one of those deals where it's like, okay, he's screaming at me on the court, but like we all know that like he actually likes us and stuff, you know. So Right, right. If you have that respect with somebody, that level of respect where like they, they don't take that personally. They take it as like constructive, even when you said it, like when he's screaming at him or whatever he's doing, it's, it's like, there's an unspoken 
understanding that like none of this is personal and we're all striving for the same thing and like right. when that is understood between players and coaches I think that's when you get that like that level of synergy that propels them through that stretch that lost five or six stretch like if they didn't like Bobby the season would have been over yeah like, if they didn't want to play for Bobby it wouldn't have oh, mattered and these are totally. transfer guys that could have just checked out like this is one year here right they could have easily just been like, all right, whatever, we'll go out and play ball and then call it a, call it a year. But like, it, it wasn't like that. They battled and they, they fought back and now we're here. So I don't know, in terms of Bobby, as frustrating as he can be sometimes during those stretches, it's like, he, like his players, he is never really out of something, <laughs> you know, that's, that's what yeah. we've, I think that's what we've gathered in, in watching him for the time that he's been here. But yeah. So Hopefully he gets retained. He sticks around for a bit um, because, you know, as ASU fans, we shouldn't just be like, oh, we're in the tournament. Like, great. Like, it's no big deal. It's like, no, like, enjoy it. Like, soak this week up. Like, hopefully it's a full week and we get to play TCU at the end of it. But, um, you know, just get get in the tournament. He's done that basically half the time he's been here. Uh, and so it's hard to, like, Know that you'll do better. So, um, any other any other basketball thoughts before we kind of wrap this up, Colton? Not really. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a fun game. I always like when because like the first Thursday is always my favorite sports day of the year. Like, right? I love that first Thursday. And and you know by the time like if there's not games in the first four that you care about, this week can feel excruciatingly long trying to get to Thursday. So I'm happy. I'm happy that I get a little taste on Wednesday night of, of basketball that I care about. And I mean, when you got some skin in the game, right, it, it, all, all of it matters. Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, Christi Corpus Crispy, <laughs> the Corpus Christi over uh, is going to be pretty juicy too. Um, mm. But I think that game's today at like three. But either yeah. way, I mean, ASU basketball in March, it's going to be awesome. We haven't gotten to – see this since uh the st john's first four right dude that was the year after we graduated college in 2019 i know that that's crazy time. and they would have been in in 2020 too yeah i completely agree i think they were like a two seed in the pac-12 tournament that year or something yeah and they they, they on bracketology i remember seeing them like as a 10 seed so like they would have been in but anyway yeah. anyway um still um great Great for them to be back. I mean, watching them in the first four is – I have very fond memories of those games back at uh, the Boulevard. Um, so I'm excited that they're they're coming back, and I'll get to have another one of those nights. There we go. Um, well, yeah, before we sign off, uh, I mean, I, I just, just came to me, but, like, special thank you to literally Desmond Cambridge Jr. because in the two most pivotal games of the year, he showed up to play, whether it be at – in Tucson, he had a good game and then obviously hit the great shot to win it. And then against USC last week, I mean, look, the fact that ASU was the second to last team in the tournament shows how much, how big beating USC was in that game. That was right. literally the the hinge point on our season. So Desmond yeah, Cambridge, yeah. like, literally powered this team to the tournament. 100%. If he does not hit that shot against U of A, we're not having this Oh, not even. No. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he is the reason they're in. Um, so I, I hope he can keep it rolling. I think he's going to be, yeah. if he can get two or three games in this tournament, he's going to become like the, the darling of March. 
Right. He just has totally. that written all over him. He's he's just a stud, and I can't wait to see what he does tomorrow. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's going to wrap up our episode. There's obviously spring football starts today. Uh, I've been seeing some of that on Twitter, and there's you know we're still waiting for the Pac-12 media deal, but uh, going to touch on that stuff next episode. Um, and hey, hopefully ASU is still playing when we record next week. So with that, uh, yeah. go Devils.